0: Is Christmas a pagan holiday? Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast today. So we're covering a very interesting topic today. Is Christmas a pagan holiday? And I'm very excited and honored to have Mr. or Dr. Jeffrey Seif with us today. He's a member here in our church, which I'm humbled by and grateful for. But uh, man, you talk about uh, someone with a rich... uh, history, and heritage, and brings so much to the table today, uh, it's Dr. Seif. So born into a, a German-Jewish family, uh, grew up in a Jewish home, come to know Christ, uh, and you've attended so many different educational institutions, Moody Bible College, the Graduate Theological, or uh, Trinity College, the Graduate Theological Foundation, and then a seminary at Southern Methodist University, master's degree, doctorate. Uh, you've been a missionary, a, a pastor, a, a theology minister, professor, or ministry professor for 27 years. Is that right? Actually, it's over 30 now. 32. 30. my goodness. Uh, Project manager for the Messianic uh, Jewish Bible Translation. You've been a police officer. You have a master's in applied criminology, working on a doctorate in that. He stays busy all the time. He loves that kind of stuff, and that's great. Uh, You're a pastor also at uh, Sar Shalom in Arlington, married to your wife, Barry, and an active member in our church. Yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) And so he sits with us today as uh, as someone very well-versed and uh, in the history of the Bible and Bible history and culture. So yeah. he's a guy I look to for cultural definition of the time, setting, he's the expert in it. So uh, that's not my field of expertise, but I'm grateful to have someone. Well, you, you're
1: expert mm-hmm. in the better than the two of us. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's one thing to go back and figure out what, what happened in the first century. Yeah. It's another thing to make something happen in this century. Yeah. And so well. look at Vertical, look at yeah. you, uh, you I, go. I'm, I'm grateful.
0: So we come to this time of the year. Uh, it's the time of Christmas. And um, if you're on social media, do any kind of um, searching on the internet, you'll find some questions arising about Christmas and is it a pagan holiday? So people then begin to ask, okay, so is it wrong for me to celebrate Christmas? i um, I'm putting this in the category of Christians. Is it wrong for me to celebrate Christmas? Is it wrong to celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Is it wrong to have a Christmas tree? Is it wrong to give gifts? Is there something wrong with singing carols and mistletoe and hanging stockings? Is something going to happen to me? Is something bad going to happen to me if I celebrate Christmas? Is God still going to love me if I'm doing all of these things? Yeah, is there a curse on my house or something? So um, I think we have to be honest that there are some cultural practice that we have today that maybe had some pagan effect into them so dr. Seif help us understand something about maybe the pagan origins of Christmas what is your what's your understanding
1: well, is it a pagan holiday or maybe we can reframe the question associated with the date mm. um, is there any pre-christian history mm. uh, that uh, uh, the holiday uh enjoyed or yeah. it was placed mm-hmm. in culture before uh, there was a Christian economy and culture. Did yeah. um, Christianity eventually co-opt certain things that pre-existed mm-hmm. in the culture mm-hmm. and utilize them to tell the Jesus story? Mm. I think the answer to that question is yes. Mm-hmm. But I think it's 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 if you overstate the case you weaken it. To say mm. Christmas is a pagan holiday is a bit much. Mm-hmm. To say it has uh, associations in pre-Christian culture, right? Uh, I think it's fair to say yes. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. yeah, you have. Uh, if you do a little reading, you find December twenty fifth is a date celebrated by uh, Rome that they they celebrate the, the the birth of the god Mithra, and then they they also uh, give homage to Saturnalia, the god of Saturn, and they're doing feasting and they're uh, celebrating similar to what we might think of as Mardi Gras today. And then you find in in Roman uh, culture. They're they're putting a tree outside of their home with ornaments on it uh, in, in in honor of the gods that they worship and follow. And then you find Christmas carols having an origin um, in those who travel wassailing throughout the town, singing to try to ward off evil spirits. And they're usually drunk themselves as they do this. They're filled with spirits trying to oh. ward off evil spirits. And you find mistletoe. It's it's used by the Romans and Druids as, as a sacred plant that's used as part of their fertility worship to the gods and kind of odd. I mean, we kind of played it down today. It's just kissing under the mistletoe yeah. tree. It was a lot <laughs> worse, I'm afraid, back in the day. And you find stories like you know the Santa Claus and the, the St. Nicholas character that either have a reference or, or a beginning with a, a, a god named Odin amongst the German tribes who goes around and he has an eight-legged horse that flies through the air and he the children are enamored with him and so they leave hay and carrots and things out for him in their stockings and he comes and takes them and then rewards them with gifts. But then you also find later the story of a Saint Nicholas, an actual saint, a bishop who lived in who was a generous man and he would give gifts to the poor and the needy and he happens to have a long beard and wear a coat. And so you have all of these stories and people read some of these and then it strikes a little fear in their hearts because you come across passages in the Old Testament like you know Jeremiah, he says, well, do not lean or, or learn on, learn the ways of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven for the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts down a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, and they decorate it with silver and gold, they fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. And you think, Oh my goodness, are we yes. are we doing that? <laughs> are we are we taking the ways of the godless and are we adopting them? And is there something's gonna happen to us? So should we be concerned at pastors like Jeremiah when it comes to Christmas Christmas. and these origins?
1: Well, I think to read Christmas into Jeremiah, I like to look at a text in a context. He didn't know Christmas. And in reading any text, Mm -mm. the first interpretation belongs to the original audience. Mm -hmm. And um, what's Jeremiah's world? What's his word in that world? It's not unreasonable to ask the question how we can apply it to today, but it's too much of a leap to say that's a prophecy about a Christmas tree. (laughs) Much as I think it's too much of a leap it's saying too much to, to argue that mm. that that Christmas in Toto is pagan. Though mm-hmm. I'm sensitive to the reasons why people think and feel that way. Right, mm.
0: you right. You
1: know, there's a sense in which you know I, I appreciate the fact when it comes to religion, people want to do it right. Yeah, yeah and there's sure. a question is, you know, is this right yeah. based on this new information that people have got? Mm-hmm. I understand yeah. why they're a little befuddled mm-hmm. and why individuals could could, could see a problem. And, and and just categorically say that, that, that Christmas is pagan, right. I think it's too much.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at all of those examples of, of the day and the celebrations and all these things, it's like absolute worst case scenario in all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so if we were to say, well, if they did that then, and it's just made it all the way down to now, then why should Christians be a part of that same practice mm-hmm. in a sense, even mm-hmm. though we don't do all those things? But- Right. Associated. Yeah.
1: Right. It's it's a reasonable question. Here's just to interject this into it. No, no, I cut Good. you off. Come on, I don't keep going. Do that. Um, I think it's helpful to understand for looking at Christmas when it was interjected into Christian consciousness mm-hmm. formally in the fourth century. Mm-hmm. We're a thousand years before the invention of the printing press. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, even. Uh, When you have manuscripts, biblical manuscripts, then the average bear in Yellowstone Park doesn't have access to them, doesn't know how to read them. (laughs) At the end of the day, if you're looking at pedagogy, how do you teach what it means to be Christian? There's a sense in which Christian consciousness is expanding in culture. Mm. And what you're doing is you're working with pre-existing understandings that people have that are already part of their uh, internal makeup. And mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're attaching Christian meaning to that. It's a way to make disciples of the nations by mm-hmm. using a pre-existing tools that exist in culture, which yes. is what we do today. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That, uh, you know, it's we could argue that what we do at Vertical is problematic because of the mm-hmm. music, the electric guitars, yeah. the drums, right? yeah. some of those beats, you know, damn that rock music, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, the, way, the way... <laughs> <laughs> you know, people dress. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's very yep. much part of the culture. Even this.
0: Right. Yeah. True. Here, yeah, exactly. this
1: podcast is employing right. the conventions of culture yes, uh, to tell a mm-hmm. Jesus story. So even those of us that critique the holiday, mm-hmm. th- we still live in a world that does
0: that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's uh, that's the thing. If, if we're going to cancel Christmas because of pagan origins, then there's a lot of other aspects of culture you have to as you well. can dump Easter while you're at <laughs> it. While, while, while the exactly. early church
1: celebrated the resurrection, right? Uh, that day has origins. In fact, talk about day. Mm. Um, you know, forget the months. You know, January, Janus was yes. a, a Roman god. There we go. Uh, if you know, March was the god of war. April yes. is from a Latin budding. Yes. You know, July comes from Julius. I mean, a lot of these things have pagan origins. Yeah, yeah. August. From Augustine, yes. you know, and never mind the days themselves. Exactly. I mean, we live
0: yeah.
1: um, in in the mm-hmm. things happen not just in the fourth century, but mm-hmm. the fifth and the sixth century mm-hmm. with, with, with Christian uh, triumph and culture for good or bad. Uh, you do have this Christianization and you do have this employing the conventions yes. of yeah. Latin culture in the yeah. way that we organize time, the way that we name it and the way that we do it. It's yeah. true. So that's not going away anytime no. soon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> every time you say a day of the week, you're you're mentioning something that has a pagan root to it. Yeah. And so it, it really causes us to step back and ask a bigger question then. Like, okay, how do we live out our faith in a culture today? How mm-hmm. do we... Uh, carry this out in a culture that has origins different than ours, and yet be be what Jesus called us to be—those who go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So, but I know there—I know some people today who who see roots of the culture, uh, pagan influences, and they want to pull back. Um, I'm sure you even know, Doctor Seif, that there are some who take more of a, a Jewish perspective and say. I don't like what I see in the culture today. I'm going back to more of a historical Jewish roots movement. I'm going to go back to uh, keeping many of the laws of the Old Covenant yeah. in favor of of what's happening in our day, and so they will they'll remove themselves from church, move themselves from other holidays, in favor of keeping Old Testament our old covenant laws. What What's your perspective on some of that?
1: Well, when I look at Christianity, when I look at the Jesus movement mm-hmm. before it institutionalized, uh, they were all Jewish. You know, I'm kind of a freak. You know, what's this Jewish guy doing in vertical? If he would have been around in century one, they were all Jews. The interesting thing would be if a non-Jew showed up. Okay, And um, if, if you look at the early Jesus movement, it's very Jewish. Mm. And for that reason, it pretty much stayed in Judea.
0: Right.
1: There's a thing called ethnocentrism. They lived within Jewish culture and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. To me, it's interesting that the primary advocate of the Jesus story beyond Israel's borders— was a guy named Paul, who was a rabbi, but he was the only one of the group that didn't have an Israeli passport. He was from Tarsus. Mm. Mm. Tarsus is modern Turkey. Mm. It is in uh, East South Turkey. And uh, it was a university town. Paul grew up in a world where he was Jewish, but he was a minority, and he learned how to function in the broader Greco-Roman world. Mm. And what's interesting to me, is that this fellow who went and advocated about the Jesus story beyond Israel's borders wasn't minded to impose the conventions of Jewish culture on the individuals that were coming into these churches because they had their own culture too. Mm. And the right. genius of Paul was that he contextualized the message. He says, what's the essence of all of this? Yeah. It's the story of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. It's not about holidays, food, sacred days. Yeah. Right. Let's just kind of boil it down. And that gave liberty for people to kind of uh, you know, have some kind of diversity in what they did. So right. I think in principle... um. I'm I'm really sensitive to individuals mm-hmm. that that really love the Jewish roots of the oh, Jesus of story. Yes. I've written a number of books on the subject, mm. and was the project manager for a Bible translation yeah. that Baker Books published, one of the largest publishers of Christian literature in America. Wow! Uh, on you know, it's kind of called the Tree of Life Bible, yes, and it, it was is. all tendered by Messianic Jewish scholars, some fifty mm-hmm. individuals, and oh. I led the choir on that. So mm-hmm. I'm all about kind of the restoration of the Jewish roots for yes. historical purposes. Yes. But with that said, I'm not against Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that uh, yeah. you know, I look at a mirror and I have a love for that, but nothing in me uh, wants to dissociate and condemn people that aren't like me. That narrow-mindedness, right. yes. Yes. that you have to think my way or hit the highway. Yeah. Everyone else is jaded. I am the way, the truth, and the yeah. life to me. <laughs> right. that, that, that That's too much. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I had a, a book I have at my library now that I read many years ago. It was called Pagan Christianity. And in it, the author attempted to do much of what we're talking about today to explore the roots of all the dimensions of what we know of as church today. So he went in historically and showed pagan influences on what a church building looks like, what the order of worship looks like today, the sermon, how it's prepared and delivered pastors, how they are chosen and employed in churches today, uh, church budgets and baptism, how it is how it is performed, communion, how it is taken, classes and training. And he went through every dimension of what we know of as church and today and explained there was pagan influences to it. At the end of it, you're just like, okay, well do I just need to pack it up and go yeah. live in a cave somewhere yeah. because everything has been touched and tainted and therefore I must be doing something wrong doing all of this. So I mean that that's just a that's a sad state of conclusion to come to. I think
1: it's better to light candles than it is to curse the darkness. I'm wondering what what this author did to advance the Jesus story and build a community around it and disciple people. That uh, and, and it's like that with scholars, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I am one. I'm an academic. And mm-hmm. scholars tend to be iconoclastic. You know, you want to <laughs> use your you use the acumen that you've cultivated, the insight, mm-hmm. and you go in there and you throw dynamite at conventions. Yeah, And, and you know, yeah, I, get I get that it. that exists in the world. But right. we need to be about the business of telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to tell the story in a way that people understand. Can I mm-hmm. illustrate? Please. Uh, when my children were young, I remember Jacob came into the bedroom in the morning mm-hmm. and he observed he looked out the window and he saw a, a big spider web there we, mm. we had like a, a light mm-hmm. and of course the spider built a web because things come to the light and he yeah. asked me what was going on there because mm. he saw the big spider and a, bug, a bugs in it. Mm-hmm. yeah but Did I ever tell you the story before no, and, and uh, so we said, what's going on? I said, well, what happens is, is the spider builds the web and and, uh, and insects fly into it. And what the spider does is that's food for the spider. Mm. Okay, now Jacob was very sensitive. Mm. We leave the bedroom, eventually make our way to breakfast. We have a dry bowl of cornflakes there. And my sensitive son, what he does is he goes and he takes the bowl of cornflakes before he puts milk in him and takes it and he just kind of throws it up In the web, so some of the cornflakes can get stuck on the web. Yeah. Now, from Jacob's perspective, he's sharing breakfast. Mm. From the spider's perspective, it's a combination (laughs) of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. (laughs) What we learned, we observed that the spider never came back anymore. And the conclusion that we drew from this is if you want to feed spiders, you got to feed them what they're eating, not what you're eating. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. At, 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 the, at, the, at the end of the day,
0: yeah,
1: uh, you know what? What? To, what does the culture have an appetite for? Yeah. And and how can we attach the Jesus story to it yeah. in order that not only mm-hmm. we have permission to say it, mm-hmm. but it might actually reside in them? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I think some of the tension comes in because you read again some of the stories of the Old Testament, and you find this stern warning: as you move into uh, new lands, do not adopt their ways. So I mean, we find that precedent Old Testament correct. Yeah, that kind of warning to not adopt the ways of the of the current culture. Yes, but of course, building
1: a temple has happened in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, individuals did that. Yes, in terms of sacrificing animals, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. individuals did that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's. Uh, I mean, there is a sense in which uh, you do even the strict interpreters of the Old Testament, the Pharisees, the word Pharisee comes from the Hebrew word parush, which means to be separate from, mm-hmm. that, that, that we want to distinguish ourselves from Greco-Roman culture. Yes. But if you look at the compendium of literature from the Pharisees, uh, the Talmud, it has 6,000 Greek loan words in it. Mm. And uh, uh, that, that so it, it kind of reflects more, you, you're living in this world. Mm. Even Jewish funerary inscriptions in century one. Mm. Uh, Joseph Fitzmyre, a scholar, mm-hmm. surveyed uh, Jewish funerary inscriptions, and this is where people are commending themselves to the next world. Right. Only four percent of them were in Hebrew. The lion's wow. share of them were in Latin and in Greek, mm. because it, it, what happened? It was a Greek world right. for a few hundred years, and then Latin. Right. Yeah. Even to um, even in the Newer Testament with the the, the the Jesus on the cross story. We have to put it in a few languages to make yeah. sure everybody mm-hmm. gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all have to deal with this penetration. Yeah. There mm-hmm. isn't this purest Hebraic culture. Yeah, right. That, that uh, it wasn't like that in yeah. century one. Yeah, even in the Old Testament world.
0: Well, and you come to the New Testament. Of course, the Holy Spirit is given, and and the real drive of that moment is that uh, they are hearing the gospel. In other languages. And it's this push to go beyond Mm -hmm. uh, themselves and into the rest of the world. And of course, that's what Jesus is driving as well is go into all the nations, which would be cultures as well, and make disciples. So Mm -hmm. I I think we find that pull, uh, that command for us. And you mentioned Paul. You find this situation in the book of Acts uh, a little later, chapter 17, where Paul uses... Uh, a cultural um, religious celebration that is obviously not rooted in God's word necessarily, uh, where he, he comes upon one of the temples that are there. There are many. And he sees one of them. He says, hmm, here is what you call the temple to the unknown God. And so Paul uses that. He doesn't run away from it. He doesn't put up a protest sign. He instead uses it and says, this this unknown God, and he, Acts 17 says this, he says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. And he goes on and describes our God, mm-hmm. but he uses that moment. He uses uh, a temple uh, set up for an unknown God to proclaim the gospel. So yeah. isn't that maybe a, um, a setting for us, a principle for us, or how we deal. Not
1: only that, he quotes a pagan philosopher as well, Epimenides. Mm. With, you know, with in him we live and move and have our being. Yes, that, that was passage. a famous Christian song. In him we live <laughs> and move yes. and have yes. our being. And that goes back a few years. People yes. don't realize they're quoting Epimenides, a pagan.
0: Wow. And and, and
1: uh, Paul's genius in part was was his ability that the, there was a kind of cultural friendliness. Yes. That, uh, that 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 uh, uh, that really helped him in mm-hmm. his be more open to the broader culture, mm-hmm. and he was. He's open to individuals of non-Jewish extract. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he's he 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 accepts diversity and multiculturalism. Right. You know he's kind of pol- he's kind of like a police officer on the streets, keeping peace between the different factions mm-hmm. between the purists. No, we just got to go Hebrew mm-hmm. and this. There's a sense in which. He just wants to get the story out, and he recognizes that that when it hits different people in different cultures, it's going to take on variant expressions. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and if it doesn't if it doesn't lead us to compromise or violate God's standards, we're encouraged to use those methods again, yeah. like we're doing here today. Yes, using exactly. modern technology, uh, we use a building on Sunday that has air conditioning and padded seats yeah. and electricity and. We use all of that to further the kingdom and build and, and proclaim the gospel. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think the best the text that supports uh, never mind the question of well, maybe or maybe we not, you know, are we kind of employing mm-hmm. pagan stuff taking that in? Mm-hmm. The question came up in the Corinthian correspondences where, you know, a lot of a lot of food product that made its mm. way into culture back then, came by way of the temples, the mm-hmm. pagan temples. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the 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 meat is offered in the temple, but mm-hmm. then the priests can utilize it mm-hmm. and they would sell it. Mm-hmm. And so you have people sitting down at a table and you don't know exactly where the meat came from. <laughs> and there was a concern, are yeah. we partakers of demons by ingesting yeah. food that was that yeah, not even tacit? Yes. It, and it's not even inferred. It was explicitly dedicated to a foreign god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a and, and Paul pushed back on that, insisting mm-hmm. on eating vegetables to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Let people decide for himself at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit in you, and even if something was dedicated to a god, there are no other gods, anyways. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, yes. there's there's a way that Paul, he wasn't working with the Christmas question, right. but he had to work with the same issue yeah. yes. that, that we're working with here. And he was minded, assuming I understand him correctly, to be gracious. Yeah. Yes,
0: you're right. You're right. Yeah, so it kind of brings to this point today of like, well, what, what do we do as Christians? Well, I guess there'll be some options. You could just accept the cultural traditions as they are and ask no questions and just go along with them. I'm not sure that our gospel and yeah. our calling calls us to that, uh, we could just reject them completely and move away and start our own subculture somewhere removed from all of culture. The hide in the cave yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's what we're called to. It's not what we're called to. Or we can find a way to redeem, in this case, what actually first belonged to God. <laughs> the yeah. birth of Jesus is is God's story. Yes. It's not a pagan story. That's not uh, the world story. That's God's story. So we can use that then... For His glory. So for me, what us, what we've chosen to do is we're gonna we're gonna do what we do, um, kind of like Ms. Dr. Seif pointed out here. Do what you do out of faith. Uh, Romans fourteen, Paul would say, okay, one person esteems one day in one way, another esteems it another way, but do that unto God, and then have room for deference in the middle and grace with one another as a result of that. So do what you do out of faith with a clear conscience. And then <clears throat> make the most of your time so that it points to Jesus. So we've done that with our children yeah. over the years. We've um, the tree for us represents the uh, evergreen tree uh, that Jesus is is always filled with life. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The lights represent the light of the world, uh, giving gifts. Well, so Jesus is the gift from God, and we have gifts that we give to one another out of love for one another. Obviously, these are all the Christian connections. You can follow that all the way down to uh, there's some stories about the candy cane. Mm-hmm. That the real candy cane is 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 shaped like a, a shepherd's staff, and and it's white, representing the purity of Jesus. And the true candy cane has three red stripes, representing the Trinity. You know, Father, Son, and Holy, <laughs> Holy Spirit. There's all yeah. kind of ways you can apply the gospel and all of that. Yeah. Of course, the the, the story of. Uh, of the birth of Jesus and the angels and the characters all involved in that are so rich. You dive into any one of them, whether it be Simeon or Anna or Joseph or Mary, there's so much there that can help us uh, see the reality of scripture and what God has for us. But um, I think it's just it's worth each person coming to that place of peace in their own conscience. Mm-hmm. I am going to do what I do unto the Lord, uh, but know that there's freedom and we shouldn't have to fear that worshiping Jesus on December 25th as part of the Christmas story is going to somehow bring a curse upon our home, yeah. uh, or our, our family. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Seif, any other words you'd add today in this discussion?
1: Well, I, I think you said it well, quite frankly. Um, I, I don't,
0: Yeah, uh, I'm just glad that
1: people are glad that Jesus Christ came into the world. Yeah. And, uh, You know, anything that causes people to pause Mm -hmm. and consider that story, to me, I'm glad. Plus, I'm glad, too, we didn't bring it up. Uh, There's the emotional social side of families getting together. People grow up and, you know, they remember the kinder and gentler days with mom and dad and eggnog. And there were Mm -hmm. good feelings that are kind of subtly just, in you know, people, it's just part of... thought process and people don't want to give it up and people want to share that you know and it's an opportunity to do that Mm -hmm. you know if we can create Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. um, if we can create july 4th i yeah. mean there's just something in people yes. that wants to create moments yes. uh, uh, that are significant in history yes that's why we have you know wedding anniversaries, special mm-hmm. foods mm-hmm. uh that's why we have secular holidays not pagan but just secular we want to commemorate moments
0: right
1: and and uh, that uh, if, if to create a moment uh to remember the jesus story mm-hmm. uh i'm good with that now if people aren't they're at liberty to say, no, we don't do exactly. that. It's like having a beer, you know? It, it's, uh, <laughs> if, it, if it really bothers your conscience, don't do it. If it doesn't bother your conscience, do it. You know, I just don't, I, I don't want to legislate all that. I'm a yeah, police exactly. officer, but I don't want to regulate everything <laughs> that happens in people's yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah,
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you being with us, Dr. Seif, and helping us navigate through this. I know for some, this are difficult waters, but a um, place that, there should be a time of joy, this, this time of year. and should draw us back to, uh, to Bethlehem, but to most more importantly, to, to our Father who's given us His Son this day, that we might have redemption, forgiveness of our sins, and, and life in Him. So uh, thank you again for being with us today. A pleasure. And we would wish you uh, a Merry Christmas and uh, encourage you to join us at Vertical Church O'Villa as we uh, lift Him up and live Him out.